On today's episode, Dave interviews Samantha Bennett. Sam is the author of Get It Done, From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. Sam's also a teacher and an actor who got her start at Second City. Sam's worked with Comedy Sports, LA Theater Works, and the Open Fist Theater Company in Los Angeles. Sam's company, The Organized Artist Company, is dedicated to helping creative people who'd like to be more organized and organized people who'd like to be more creative. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. No, I saw your book and I was... Really excited, and I'm reading uh, Flow. Yes. And uh, Rachel Hamilton turned me on to that. Um, and my, here's my only issue with Flow. I can't pronounce his name. I know. It's one of those names where you go, come on. No, I know. I, I actually have it spelled out phonetically on a post-it underneath his name, because mm-hmm. it sits, you know, I have 40 gabillion books in my house. I, I, is, that, is that your house in the video? Yeah. That's an awesome house. Where do Thank you live? You. I live in a perfect tiny little beach town that time forgot. Where's that? It's called Carpinteria, and it's about 20 minutes south of Santa Barbara. You fucking live. You came all the way down here. Sam, I still see you in Valley Village married, but that was a long time. That's not Sam Bennett. <laughs> and I hope you don't see me as Dave Rosowski still married. No, no. I've, I've been through several husbands, I think, since then. <laughs> I, love, I love all my husbands. <laughs> uh, I love all my husbands. Okay, I'll give that to you. Um, so you live in that little beach house, and uh, why, oh, you drove um, all the way down here. Oh, I would travel much further than that for you. Don't I love that so yeah. much, because it's such a joy to see you. I'm so glad to see you, too. I spend any time with you. And then I get to have people sitting here who I get to talk to. And I've been uh, so that 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 video and people will see it because I'll have a link to it. But that video of you and it looks like you live in it looks like that's one section of your big house. That's the way that I look at it. <laughs> that's I good. See. I'm glad it looks that way because it's one section of actually a very small apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but it, looks, it looks like when I look at you, it's like, oh, well, there's. And then I imagine you now that you said it's carpentry. I imagine you uh, uh, that that overlooks the beach. And then I imagine that there's a really big kitchen in the back. I'm so glad you have that feeling. Um, And it does, in fact, um, I'm half a block from the beach. It does overlook an estuary, though. Mm -hmm. So my whole day sitting at my tiny desk next to the very tiny kitchen with the fabulous turquoise formica, like super old school, um, is herons and egrets and hawks and hummingbirds and and then i walk half a block to the beach i walk barefoot to the beach every day and there's dolphins and there's seals and it's just it's jaw-dropping i mean i can't get over it i can't get over how much i love living there i can't get over how much i love the town i i i just it's so funny that you're saying that as the garbage truck is going by <laughs> yeah. wait let's, let's listen to the garbage truck yeah, I think people can hear. It. See, and I love, and I loved living in Los Angeles. I mean, I lived in LA for you know almost fifteen years, and and I really, it, it took me a little while to adjust because you know it's no Chicago, right? But um, but I really grew to love Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I come back like just now. I was driving through town thinking, oh, I'm in LA. I should, right, right, like, uh, you know, go to look mm-hmm. at the... I kind of want to go to the Calder exhibit. That's that's one thing I kind of want to yeah, go to. Yeah, yeah, but that's... That, but that's not... That, well, it's also a really cool thing to go to see, but it's not It's not like when you go to Chicago, you go, oh, oh my gosh. Go, I'm just going to go downtown. But this is what I did yesterday. I did a podcast uh, with, a bunch, uh, with a couple lefty guys, and uh, not hand lefties, but um, and I was like, oh. So I, I was the 8 o'clock... It was an 8 o'clock uh, podcast, and I... 
got there at six so that I could walk around downtown. Yeah. Because you got to do that. Yeah. 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 No, but it's, um, yeah, I'm shocked at how little I'm, I, 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 how much I don't miss LA. And I feel like I even actually see people more because it's sort of more special occasion. Like we actually make plans and see each other right? rather than just like, Oh yeah, we should get together. And, but it's also your, your lifestyle. You've, you've found the place where you're supposed to live. Yeah. And I think in LA, this is what I did in LA. I was like, I'm looking around for what's this? This is fine. This is fine. And my apartment is great. I love my apartment. Yeah. And, um, uh, but you have, see you, what you, what you've also done is you've, you've, <laughs> you've self-actualized. There's there's a sense of Sam Bennett has self-actualized um, the writing that you're doing and the piece that you're at and the the calm and the organization and the clarity and simplicity uh, and the freedom that you've given yourself in all of those aspects uh, were were hard fought. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> but I, and and I've known you for a long time, over yeah. eight years. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, knowing you from when you were in, you know, just getting out of high school or whatever that was, yeah. and and you know, and seeing you now, there's a piece that you're at, and I sense it. And and the great thing about that is uh, one of the many, many, the myriad, the multifaceted, the endlessly faceted uh, <laughs> aspect is that uh, when I see you or when I read what you write or when uh, any of that, it your your peace gives me peace. Mm. And I think a lot of people might go, your peace makes me envious. You know what I mean? Mm. Your peace makes me look at my world and go, what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, there's peace out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you. Um, yes, it certainly <laughs> feels better than any other part of my life has ever felt, any other era of my life has ever felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been hard one. I have, I have worked, you know thousands of dollars of therapy, (laughs) you know, so much coaching, so much work, so much internal striving, um, and, uh, and worth every minute. I mean, worth every dime, worth every minute. It's so great to wake up in my life now and be like, wow, I really love everything about this. Right. To wake up in your life now. That's what you said. Mm -hmm. To wake up in your life now. You wake up in your, because that's what we do. We wake up in our life. We wake up in our life. We're also in our life. And we also get the opportunity to wake up in our life. And then when we wake up in our life, every morning we can wake up in our life. Or take a nap in the <laughs> I'm afternoon. A, I'm, I'm a big fan of taking naps in the afternoon. Take a nap. I would imagine a half a block away from the ocean. Yeah. That's kind of, that. that is, uh, you've got nap aroma. I, I do. Mean, I totally have nap aroma. Oh my gosh. The smell of the beach through the window. Right. The eucalyptus. The right. jasmine. I mean... It's really, it's paradise. I have a friend who's moving from New York to, uh, to L.A., which is her home area. And when I think about her in New York, she lives in a studio apartment. And when I think about that place, I think about the, the studio apartment in that big building, in that big city, with all that shit going on. And I love New York, and I know you do too. I, I have a great tenderness for New York. I, and, and now... Uh, but my tolerance is very low. I, I I go every time I'm there. You know, my sister lives in Brooklyn with with her oh, kids, and mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm there. You know, often with them, and and I love that part, of course. But the city itself, I'm there about 18 hours, and I start to go. I feel like I can hear everyone thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's too much. It's too oversaturated. There's too many people. There's too much ambition. There's too many cars. It's too dirty. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. I mean, you can't turn around without spending fifty dollars. Right. You know, soda pop fifty dollars, cab ride fifty dollars. It's like ah, right. Ah, Unless you know what to do, but it takes you time to get to do to do that. And I think a big what a lot of people do is go fuck it. I'll just take a cab. Totally, I totally do that. Or, fuck it, I'll just I'll just have you know this. There's a restaurant. I'll go to I'll that just, restaurant. Yeah, I'll just buy that thing. Yeah, exactly. I'll just buy the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill the pain. Buy but the, the thing. The idea of you hearing everything. I just yeah. It's really it's because that's part of what you do though, right? You do you you do. Are you intuitive? Do you think you're intuitive? Uh, I do. Yeah. I do. So it's that intuitive where we listen to people and we feel like, oh, I know. I, and I know you do this where you look at someone and go, I know what your right now. I know what your challenge is. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. I could pinpoint your life challenge right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And people think I have like incredible magical powers. And I don't. You just really if you look at people, people tell you almost immediately what their challenge is. In a sentence, they'll tell you. In a sentence. And, and the sentence could be something as simple as, did you hear that, that noise outside? And I go, oh, you said the word noise. Mm-hmm. It's just a sound, but you made it a noise. Right. You've got a lot of noise in your head. Exactly. You're having trouble listening. Right. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> you are deciding to engage in something that you, 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 you have mindlessly decided to engage in something. Like right now, listen to all that. Right. But somehow you decided you were at war with that, and that's that sounds against you, and it's noise, and you can't. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. sounds against you. That sound it's is happening, against you. It's happening to you. It's exactly. Like, the, the garbage truck is not happening to you. The garbage truck is just happening. Right. Right. You know, but and you've chosen to interpret it. To it. Right. Right. The garbage truck is just happening, and you're br- and that's what we do. That's what people do. Don't. They bring it to them because you can't have anything that you don't bring to you. The only thing you have is what you're bringing to you, and it's the most fun I've had the teaching and um coaching has gotten so much more fun for me the more i've learned to trust my intuition and the more i've just learned to call bullshit when i see bullshit right the more i've learned to just go you're not that's not the problem no you quit <laughs> i was on call and this woman was telling me you know something 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 about why she couldn't do the thing that she really wanted to do and you know reason excuse reason excuse reason excuse reason excuse and i just went stop 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 right like you have to stop talking right or i will not be able to help you right uh, <laughs> there are people that we that you and i know that taught us how to do that yeah i look at gelman mm-hmm. michael gelman and i say gelman would say stop it stop just not stop and those people gave us models to go oh I have permission. I am going to Michael. I mean, I am in Michael's class because Michael, I trust Michael. Yeah. Someone is in your coach. Someone is being coached by you because they trust you. And if they trust you, there's this shorthand that I get to say with you and that I get to play with you. And the shorthand is I don't have to be polite. I don't have to be polite. And I don't particularly have to be your friend. I am on the side of your creativity. I'm on the side of your project. I'm on the side of the thing that you say you want to do. And if what's in between you and it is you, well, then that's, you know. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. Let's knock that down. Right. Let's Um, knock that down. Let's knock that down. Uh Uh-huh. Because I have to, I'm, that's my stand. My promise to you is I'll help you get from here to there. 
and I'm on the side of there. Right. <laughs> so, I'm there already. I'm, I want you to come here. All right, and because I'll you're deciding in along with you deciding what you're holding on to, you're also deciding where you're holding on where you're geographically located holding on to that. And you're over there and I want you to be here because really you want to be here too. And your big idea that you think you know what the problem is and you think you know how to fix it is what's getting in is is your problem. Right. Because you're looking at that problem as opposed to here's another thing. As opposed to all right. Say more about that. All right, just like a Oh yeah, all right, yeah. Just, all right, fine. If that's what you say so. Now, let's just say that's your problem mm-hmm. and let's move on to what we're what we're at right now. Yeah. Because your problem is probably so deeply rooted and here's the thing, I don't give a fuck about it. No. I don't give a fuck about your history. I don't give a fuck about any of that story that you're telling yourself. No. I don't care about it. And here's another thing. The forensics of what your problem is, is a problem. Because you're trying to figure out how to rearrange history in order for you to come to, to be at peace with it. Just let it go. This attachment to problem. I actually, I usually only do this when I'm teaching live because I feel like... If I do it just on the, when I'm on the phone, like, I feel like it sounds too harsh if you can't actually see my face. Okay. So forgive me, everyone. I'll describe this... your face. Okay. So, but what I... It's a very pretty face. <laughs> but what I feel like people are doing, like, and I do this too, not, not people, everyone. We walk around with our pain, with our problem, like it's a baby. Right. Oh, my problem. Right. Oh, my pain. Oh, my problem. I used to do this around money. I'm so broke. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm so right. broke. And I'm so good at being she, broke. You're holding a baby. Oh, you're, you're I'm thrifting and, and I'm right. clipping coupons right. and it's so unfair that I'm so broke because I work so hard and right. oh, my precious, precious, look how good I am at managing this horrible, horrible pain. Please someone give me a prize for how I'm managing this horrible, horrible pain. And then... And the thing is, then this is the part that's good. The thing is, you've got to fucking throw away the pain baby. Right. Wait. Throw it away. Right. And the minute I go, and the minute I say to you, yeah, you're doing good with all your pain. Oh. Then you go, oh, that's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. I'm a, and that's who I am. I am this person living with this fucking suffering. That's right. And fuck all that. And, and, and I know just reading, uh, without having read your mm-hmm. book, uh, Get It Done, uh, from procrastination to creative genius in 15 minutes a day. Available uh, at five bookstores everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought of that. Um, uh, 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 the idea of... Oh, fuck, what was I going to say before I became clever? That always throws me off. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, do you remember what The I'm pain saying? baby and you get the validation the, for the, the validation pain baby. The pain baby and holding on to the pain baby and looking at that and then that becomes who it is that you are and you, you, you will not let that go. That's not what I was going to say, but I'm going to still say that that's what I was going to say. Well, it becomes part of your self-concept and it become and this toleration. Your story of who you are. Yes, I'm right. the person who can't book an acting job. I'm the person who's underappreciated. I'm the person who's misunderstood. Right. I'm the person who's so special. And... The thing I really want to say to creatives everywhere is like, on the one hand, you are so special. Right. You do have these magical powers. You are that insightful. You do have this sensitivity to light, to color, to kinesthetics, to emotions, to words, to whatever your medium is, to, you know, to, to photography, to whatever. Um, you are that special. Really value that jewel that that you have this thing that you do differently than anybody else has ever done it. That's amazing. On the other hand, 
quit thinking you are so fucking special. <laughs> like, drop it. And now here's the thing. I think that be, that second part that you're saying, I totally understand. And for me, it's that second part that always gets people in trouble because along with that is like, you just don't understand what's happening with me. Art, and here's what gets me, and I know that, that this is something that you focus on, is um, I'm an artist, I'm a starving artist. And artists starve. And that's, I'm a special in that. I'm special in that. I can handle that starvation. And I go, fuck yourself. And I've talked about this before. Not fuck you, Sam. <laughs> fuck yourself. Because wh- every time you say to the universe that I'm a starving artist actor, every producer is going, I'm going to go to every actor and try to make it so that they don't have to fucking pay me. And I don't have to pay them. Do you understand what I mean? I totally understand what you mean. And and I don't, I, there are so many things, you know, on when they make me queen, you know, mm. <laughs> that I will change. And I don't get. This, when they realize that you're queen. Thank you. I, I don't get the starving artist thing at all. I mean, we don't say starving busboy. Oh, we don't say starving minister. We don't say, well, well, how about this? We don't say starving plumber. We don't right. say starving politician. Right. You know, we, we don't say starving any of those people. And here's the thing. When you have a job. There is a ceiling to how much they will pay you. Even if you are CEO of Exxon, there's still a limit. It's an incredibly high limit, but there's a limit. When you're an artist, there's no limit. Right. There's no limit. I mean, you think if it were possible to add up all the money that Van Gogh's paintings and keychains and posters and T-shirts and watches and... The, you know, the, the, the gross value of the reproduction of those images... Billions, right, right. <laughs> you know, there right. is no limit to how much money art can make and generate, and this idea that somehow it can't or it won't or it shouldn't or that people won't pay for it—that's it's absolute bullshit. People will happily pay for it right. because the only thing that ever changed the world is a new story. Right, right. And we love that. We love a new story. I am so looking forward to an eager when a new story. And I think that we're, we are so, <laughs> that, that's part of like my whole obsession with uh, Facebook is, oh, there's a new story. There's a new story. There's a new story. And, and, and wanting to have that new story so that we're all listening to this and creating and inspired by this, whether we're inspired for action or we're inspired for painting or we're inspired for cooking or whatever it's going to be to go, listen, did you see that? Yeah. And a, and, a, and a new story is this also because ultimately I think that we 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 uh, uh, it's about this it's about my new story yeah I have a new story I get my to be new a new person today. what's that I get to be a new person right every day every day every moment of the day you get to wake up in your life and you get to wake up in your life and you get to say oh oh yeah I was holding on to that story I'm not that story anymore uh, I was I was, speaking to, I was talking to a woman uh, at a bar yesterday called Salvage. And maybe she'll listen to this podcast because I gave her my card. And she said, I said, so what do you do? And she said, I'm a writer, but I haven't written in a while. And I said, well, why not? She goes, okay, so I, I was writing and then I met this guy and uh, we started going out and then I got this job and uh, and everything was great. And I thought this is going to give me a lot of fodder for writing and my boyfriend is, and then we broke up and now I can't write. And I said, you realize that you can't write because you're not that person who wrote that you're not that same person that you were back then. Mm-hmm. You're a different person now. And the different person can't relate to that, can relate to that only through history. So you get to rewrite this. You get to write that story. You're not rewriting it. You're writing a new story. Right. Let that story go. It's symbolic, but it's also, it's symbolic, it's metaphoric, but it's also literal. That's right. That's right. And in fact, 
any time, it's, you know, it's one of the great joys of being an artist and being a creative person is we get, everybody else just has to live through their life. Mm-hmm. We actually get to turn it into something. Right. We suffer for all this pain and then we turn it into something. Now, wait, wait, suffer through what pain? The po- brokenheartedness, the loneliness. The thing the, that everybody goes through. Whatever your thing right. is. Every, you know? What everybody goes through, not just artists. Not just artists. No, right. no, yeah. Right. The, everybody right. has, right. A, everybody gets an equal amount of pain. Right. Everybody gets an equal amount of pain. That is so nice. It's true. <laughs> Everybody gets an equal amount of pain. Right. You know, you, your pain for you is as hard as my pain for me. Right. Some it people's weighs pain, the same. Yeah, it weighs the same. Some people's pain is a little more melodramatic, mm-hmm. but it's still the same. It's it, it it's the same. It's the same. Uh, how can I say this? It's it's the same pain. It's the symptoms that are different. Yeah, and the decimal points. Right. <laughs> you know, we right. get pain at a different economic level. Right. And we think, oh, that can't possibly be pain, but it is. Right. Rich people have pain just right. as much as anybody does. Right. So, um, yeah, so we get, to, you know, so what I say when people are, are suffering, you know, from some heart, you know, something has happened, some heartbreak has happened, some disappointment, some betrayal, some something, and they feel blocked because of that, say, no, now make some art about that betrayal. Make art about that loneliness. Make art about that brokenheartedness. You never have to show it to anybody. It doesn't have to be good. And this is actually a great time to get out of your normal medium. So if you're a writer, I'd say make up a song. Right. Do a dance. Right. Get out the watercolors. Right. You know. Right. Um, but but <clears throat> expressing that, turning that, giving that, that pain some form, right. that transforms it. And then you can get over it. And if you decide to let it out of the house, which, you know, I, I recommend – the art that you make about your loneliness helps me heal my loneliness. The art that you make about your brokenheartedness heals my brokenheartedness. That's what art does. Right. That's what it's for. Right. It explains our feelings to us and makes us feel less alone. Right. Explains our feelings to us and makes us feel less alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to repeat that. Um, by the same token... The joy that I feel makes you feel joyous, too. That's right. Right. That's I just right. want to put that in there, too. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's part of our meal. Um, but that's really, really true. And here's another thing. What it also does is it takes us out. Of, it takes that out of the realm of just being in my stomach, and then it puts it on paper, and then I get to take a look at it and go, oh, it's that. It's, it's the same thing about... Um, in romance languages, you don't say, I am hungry. You say, I have hunger, right? right? I am angry. I have anger is what you say. Right. So when we have that, we get to look at it because we are not, I am not my pain. That's right. I have my pain. That's right. And that's what I have. I experience the condition of pain. Right. But it is not part of me. And right. that condition of pain that I experience, I get to say how long I experience that condition of pain. Mm-hmm. As long as I am mindful that I am experiencing that condition of pain. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing about being a grown-up is we get to make these decisions. And it's a little shocking how much people abdicate the responsibility for their own lives, you know, and, and walk around blaming, feeling sorry for themselves, creating conditions of chaos, creating, you know... Right. Uh, situations in which they cannot win, in which they will not get what they want, guaranteed, over and over and over again. Because they keep saying, I cannot win and I will not get what I want. Right. Or how can I win when I, and how can I get what I want because I'm... Right. I, I was just on the phone with a client the other day who, bless her heart, she was so brave. She, 
but she would say something, um, you know, that she wanted or something that she thought she might want to do. And then she would immediately slam the door on it. Mm. You know, like, well, I would like to, you know, make money writing, but nobody can do that in this economy. You know, I totally understand. You know, oh, I would like to, but that, you know, there's no way that can, I, I don't have time for that. I can't possibly do that. I can't possibly, and I, was, and I said, dude, you've got to stop slamming the door so fast. I think that she, and her, and she clearly didn't know that she kept slamming the door. No. And, and what you and I do the same thing is to bring to people, and it's, and it's infuriating at times, I'm sure, to be on the receiving end of this shit, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> and it's that idea of, you realize you just said that. You realize that you just said that. You know that, right? You know that? And it's like, no, I don't know that. Uh, well, I can't be present all the time. And I said, you realize that you saying that you can't be present all the time makes it so that you can't be present all the time? And here's the thing. No, you can't be present all the time. But you can be present more times than you are presently aware of how present you are. Exactly. There's a Dave Rosowski <laughs> so Dave Rosowski of you to say uh, that. Right. But, yeah, but, you know. That's exactly right. And bless her. This is, why, this is why I say bless her. She was so brave. Because once I said that, she then spent the rest of the conversation going, you know, I was like, I think you can make $2,000 by the middle of next month. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be possible for you. And she was like, I hear you saying that you believe that is possible for me, and I will contemplate that. Like right. she was working so hard, right? Because right. her impulse was to slam the door. Right. And here's another thing about that sentence, because I'm listening to that sentence too, and I'm thinking, please don't spend any time contemplating it. Yeah. Please just move. because when you right just jump. because when you contemplate it, you're in the practice of contemplating it. You're not in the practice of it. But the fact that she was even willing to be in the same room with it, Got I figured, it. was. A win right there. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, it's something my mentor has said to me, and I say it to people all the time. I'm like, you don't have to believe you can do it, but you have to believe that I believe you can do it. And that's a start, because you I'm know? going to be proxy to you until you're you. Right. And I know you can do it. Right. I know you can do it because you're in this class. I know you can do it because you're in this room. Right. You've showed up for this. Right. So I know you can do it. Right. Right. So have faith in my faith in you. Right. And that's what ends up happening with a lot. And that's what happens with a lot of teachers. That's what teachers are and mentors and, and all that. I hear that all the time where they're like, well, I got discouraged with that. I thought, well, Sam thinks I can do it. So right. Right. I guess I'll just, you know, I, I've done that plenty of times where I in shows. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And I thought, well, but this director wouldn't let me, you know, they're not going to make me look like an ass on purpose. So I'll have confidence in their confidence that I can do this right. and just surf that till I believe it myself. I remember um, oh, Harry Connick Jr. was on some show and he was saying, and I mentioned this in the podcast before, he was, he was, when he started out, he was being Bing Crosby and he was being Frank Sinatra and he was being all those guys. And then one day he realized on this three or four, third or fourth gig that he was on in this phase of his life, he realized he was no longer those people and he was him. Mm. And, and, we get to be inspired by those people. I know that I, I remember, you know, who didn't want to do this? Who didn't want to be this? I remember <laughs> being at Second City and watching Joe Liss and uh, the great Joe Liss and watching Joe the great Joe Liss. And I would watch Joe Liss and I would love every fucking thing that he would do. Yeah. And so when I was on stage, it would be WWJD. It'd be what would Joe do? <laughs> And I <laughs> and I would do I would do that until one day I realized and one day I just I didn't realize it. Uh -huh. One day I'd let all that go. I think it's 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 a very sound strategy. Elvis Costello said this on on some show. Um, he said, you know, if you want to write music, 
write, you know, write, if, 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 pick the people you like and then write like them, like copy them, literally copy them, write like you were them, write do your best possible imitation of them. Because it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to sort of get inside. Oh, why are that song so great? Oh, why is that that way? Why does Joe make those choices? You know, where does that inspiration what come from? What does that feel like when what, I make those choices? When I make Joe's choices. The same way that a great choices. painter will hold a child's, you know, hand and say, this is how the brush feels. Right. You know, a dancer will hold your, you know, will show you, move your body in the space in the space so that you get the sense of what that's supposed to feel like. I also believe, and the interesting thing is while you're saying that, I'm thinking, what does the improviser do? So what the improviser does is in that, I can't hold your hand. I can just, as, as in an improv scene, as your improv partner, I can't hold your hand. All that I can do is say to you, follow me. And then it's up to you to follow me. But that's true of any student, right? But I've got to be able, I've got to be Mm. I have to know the concept of release, relinquish, and surrender. I being that who is shadowing, sort of in a, in a restaurant term. I being mm. that. I being that entity that is shadowing that my my guide. I am shadowing my guide because that's what it is. A guide goes before me, and I follow his shadow. That's right. And and I think you know my favorite experiences improvising have been incredible teaching moments. Um, I think of this all the I think of this all the time. Keegan Michael Key. Mm-hmm. I hope he's doing well. I've never heard. I've never heard <laughs> <laughs> poor kid, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, poor kid out of Detroit. <laughs> African American, you know. <laughs> he's you know, black. Sort of, what? Does he know? <laughs> he's more mocha. <laughs> he's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the lovely, wonderful Keegan Michael Key. Um, he, when I would go to Detroit and they would have me improvise with them after the show, he greeted me on stage like his face was light up. Like, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and then everything I said, he would be like, you could just see the welcome and the love in his eyes. He was so happy. I have to write that down. I'm that- so glad you're here because that is such a great improv scene. <laughs> improv scene. But uh, 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 an improv uh, exercise. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And it made me feel like, you know, Marie, Queen of Romania. I mean, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm special. I matter. What I'm doing is being paid attention to. I don't have to struggle or or thrash around and try to care of. I'm completely welcomed and being taken care of. I'm in this totally soft feather bed of love. Nothing bad can happen here. And consequently, I did some of the best scenes of my life because... How could I put a step wrong? It's that feeling that uh, Marion Williamson or somebody who says, uh, you said, I'm going to give her credit for it. Why not? She's done some great things. Uh, uh, What if you, what if whatever it is that you could do, you couldn't do it wrong? What if everything you did was right? What if everything you did was right? Now, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. Hopefully she'll listen. Um, (laughs) The conversation, I think she is, uh, was this. She said, I'm a flawed person. And I talked to Rachel Hamilton about this the other Mm. day. (laughs) My friend said, I'm a flawed person. (coughs) And I said, she goes, I'm imperfect and I'm flawed. And I said, why would you do that? Why would you say that? Well, she said, I don't know. I didn't mean it in that way. Then why would you use those words? And I, because Sam, this is the way that I feel about it. I talked to Rachel Hamilton about this. I feel like, listen, I'm not flawed. I'm a human being and I make these, this is what humans do. I am... 
not imperfect. I am perfect in my being a human being, and this is what I do. And every time I introduce words like that, and we keep going back to this, yeah. the mindfulness of the words, the concrete, the architecture of the words, the feeling, the flavor, the smell of the words, to be able to say, you are saying flawed. Yeah. And you are saying, I'm in front of it. And how could that be? You know, how could you be flawed? How could you be less than perfect? There's no other version of you. Right. There's no other version of you out there leading a slightly more successful version of your life. Right. And if only you work hard enough, you get to catch up to them. Right. You know? There is no better. There is no better. I say this, and I say this all the time when I'm teaching. I'm like, you can't fuck this up. And I go, that's actually a life thing. You can't fuck up your life. You can't do it wrong. You just do it the way you're doing it. And, you know, it's this, this perfectionism that keeps so much art locked in drawers, so much great stuff locked inside where people feel like, well, you know, it's not perfect. It's flawed. It's not as good as it could be. It's like, you get it that w you have a template in your mind. You have some imaginary version of this project, whatever it is, in your mind that you are comparing this real thing to. We can't see that template. Right. We don't have a version in our head of this thing. All we have is the actual thing. Right. And if people are looking at the actual thing and saying, wow, that's really great. I love that song you sang. I love that jewelry you make. I love that. I'd like to buy that watercolor. I would like to read that poem at my church. I'd like to. Then you, that's take the note. Right. Right. And they're not doing it. So you give them a hand job. They're doing it because they like it. That's right. You know what maybe I mean? Or maybe are, they're doing it for the hand job. Maybe they're doing it for the hand job, but the people aren't that nice, you know? No, 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 no. People aren't giving out hand jobs like they used to. <laughs> Fucking Obamacare. Goddamn Obamacare. You're not hanging around the right people, David. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you know, you know what I discovered? Why am I paying people to give me hand jobs? I give myself a hand job. For anyway. Um, for free. <laughs> now, I was wondering, when are we going to get the explicit on, uh, on the podcast? And there you go. Now they now we get that red stamp. Not recommended for children under 13. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although it's the 13-year-olds who exactly. really... Right. They... Yeah. Uh, we should... Anyway. Um, somebody told me... I did a podcast here today, and they said this is... Mas May is Masturbation Month. Every month is Masturbation Month. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, and what organization decides that? What lobbying organization is going, hey, you know what we got to do? Mo people just aren't masturbating enough. Actually, I think it's true that people aren't masturbating enough. And so I That's would like, so, so here we are, May 2nd. I would like to come out in favor of May as Masturbation Month. I'd like you all to get it on with yourself. Get it on with your be, mean old self. Be sweet. Be sweet to you. Exactly. Give, give yourself something to smile about. And, 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 there's, and there's that, the shame of the shame of sex, the shame of, of all that stuff, the shame of sex, the shame of joy, the shame of, of self-celebration. I don't necessarily mean masturbation, but the, the shame of saying this, the shame of saying, the, the shame that comes that a few people will say, a number of people, a lot of people will say, where I cannot say how good I am because I shame on me mm -hmm. for being so positive about me or for being so egotistical. Yeah, see, and the the... The thing with the thing, the thing about that is there's this idea that there's good stuff and bad stuff about us. You know, it's good that I'm like this. It's bad that I'm like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's nice that people think I'm charming. That's good. It's bad. The weird, creepy stuff is bad, you know? Um, but that's not really how that goes. Everything goes in a spectrum, right? you know? So you're charming. That's lovely. You have also been untrustworthy right too charming right too slick 
right? Right. You know, you the thing that the thing that's so great about you, you know, the fact that you are, you know, have such incredible vision that you can see things that aren't there also makes you impossible to live with because you know, you're seeing things that aren't there all the time. <laughs> you're, you're half in another world. Right. You know, the fact that you're, um, you know, that you're so sensitive is, is a beautiful thing until the day that it completely sucks to be so sensitive, you know? Yes. And it was a big moment for me when I realized that I was not too sensitive. It was a big moment for you when you realized that you were not too sensitive. Okay. I was, you know, I may have been too sensitive for the third grade. Right. I may have been too sensitive for my mother. Right. <laughs> but I'm not too sensitive for the planet. Well, you're also I'm not. I'm just sensitive. But those two things are you in relationship to other things, to third grade, to your mother. Right. Those are you in relationship to that. And all that you have to be is at peace with that, which is what it is, who it is that you are, or what it is that you're doing in that moment, because I don't know who it is that I am. Well, that all behavior is useful in some context. Right. And then less useful in other contexts. Right. 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 My sensitivity so. will not come through if I'm a hunter. Or it, it might, might over, actually. What's that? That might. Your ability to walk. But it all depends on what your, right. what your, what your definition of sensitivity. Because right. if I feel like my sensitivity, I'm talking about killing another thing. Right, right, like right. If I'm oversensitive, someone says, you know what? I think you'd like hunting. Right. And I go, mm, okay. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can, I, that will only work if it's okay if I burst into tears when I see a bunny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, and kill it. And okay. then go, what happened yeah. when they do? Um, but yes, absolutely. A ma- a, again, a major thing for me is how mindful am I of what the hell is going on right now? Yeah. Am I aware of what I have just said right now? Now, when I say am I aware of it, I'm not saying let's put it on the scale and see how much it weighs. I'm saying I said it. Am I aware that I said it? And that's all. Well, and I think it's also important to really notice the thoughts that are, (laughs) that look like thoughts, they sound like thoughts, but they're actually the express elevator to hell. Like what? Like, nobody's ever going to buy this. Right. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I don't have the right training. Right. Um, Nobody cares about this. Who do I think I am? Right. Right. I mean, I'm not ready. I, I had um, Paul Dooley in that chair Aww. a few days ago, and right, Love him. and he told me he did not do a movie until he was forty-nine. I love that. And it was he did not do a movie until he was forty-nine. Forty-nine, and, and it was the the. It bike? could have been Breaking Away. Breaking it could away, have been. Yeah. It could have been that. It also could have been because he. Amazing. Well, he, here's another thing that he did. You know, he did five movies with Robert Altman. One that he wrote. He starred in one. Called a wedding with this woman, Carol Burnett, or someone like that. I love that movie too. I saw I was like eleven or something when that right. movie came out, and I loved it. He's forty fucking nine years old. He was forty nine years old, and now he's eighty six or eighty seven, and he is. He, he's an amazing man. Is he still married to Winnie Holtzman? Yes, I love her. And, and married to Winnie Holtzman, and they have a daughter who is a who's a showrunner now, and they have a son who's you know it's like all these things going so much great at, art in the world thanks and to them. That, and and here's another thing is yes 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 yes, and that's it. The idea that what is it that you want to do and then do it, and not have, any, have anybody around saying you can't do it because right now I don't know what I'm destined to become. All that I know is what I'm loving right now because the universe is telling me. Hey, buddy, keep going. And I, 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 I had a, I had a, I had a moment <laughs> the other day when I was teaching, 
um, or saying the same things I always say, um, but I said it in a slightly different way, or I heard myself, like, am I aware of what I just said? Like, I heard myself say it in a slightly different way, or I understood it in a slightly different way. And and I really think it's true. So this is, was, I'm always excited when I find something that I think is true. Yeah, right. Um, but I really believe that the desire that is on your heart, that thing that you really want to do, and I don't care how impractical it is, how you think it won't make money, how your parents will disown you, how, you know, but that thing that just like it's, 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 it's of you, it's right, you know, it's tugging on your sleeve, it's still right there and has been for a long time. That thing, that desire that, and that for that thing and who you are, your actual personality, the, 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 the you, the real you, these two things make like some twin powered jetpack, you know, <laughs> like when you put those two things together, when you were doing your thing in your way. And I think what gets in people's way so much is when they're trying to do something that's not really on their heart to do. Right. Or they're trying to do it, but they're trying to be somebody else while they're doing or it. Or they're trying to talk themselves out of that thing Oh, my that gosh, which doing. is, like, why I have a career. Is exactly. Because people spend all their time talking themselves out of it. Right. I'm like, notice right. how incredibly creative you can be about finding reasons to not do the thing you really want to do. It goes back to Flow by Malaka Lachanema, <laughs> that book. Yes. You know, it goes back to that book. And, and, and the great examples that he's giving in that book, or has given in that book, are things when he talks about a mountain climber and how she is just aware of the crevice that her fingers are in at that moment and also her climbing the mountain the crevice that you know mm -hmm. like her being at that place at that time and the and the joy is not being at the mountain peak the joy is being in the process in process sam yes of climbing the mountain because what we're doing is is all it's all about process or as galman would say process <laughs> It's all about process, yeah. you know? And so when we get nachis, that joy, mm -hmm. out of process, prachis, when we get nachis <laughs> out of prachis, um, when, we're, uh, when we become aware of what it is that I'm doing right now is, is exactly what it is that I want to do. Yeah. And that's talk to you. Yeah. And that's be present to you. Yeah. And I know at times I will go, oh, I like that fan. And I'm still listening to Sam and going, right, I like that fan. That's okay. I said I like that fan. And now I'm listening to Sam. Right. We have, you know, uh, varying levels of, of awareness at any moment in time. But to, but yes, and to notice that the way you climb that mountain is going to be different than the way I climb the mountain. Yes. And really all you have is your intuition, hopefully the trail guide, hopefully someone to shadow, someone to, you know, who's done it before to say, oh, by the way. <laughs> Right. I can see why you want to try and climb that way, but it's going to suck. But right. go ahead. But right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just telling you. Right. Because you, your, your process includes that. You know, so when I have a student who's, who doesn't do it right, I go, thank you for not doing it the way that I told you. Because what you just did was show all of us how that works. Right. Exactly. There's no, there are no mistakes. I'm sorry. There's no mistakes go. and there's no rules. Right. Right. There's no mistakes. There's no rules. There's no guidelines. No. Sorry. Hi. Right. Welcome to the world. Right. Exactly. Um, well, all that what I get to do is have one foot in, have one foot out, and then another foot follows through on that. And it's that great. Uh, what is it? Maybe a Buddhist uh, can't. Well, whatever. Where uh, you're in, a, you're in a a dark forest, and you're following a trail, and you have a flashlight, and all that matters is your flashlight at your feet right now. That's where right. you're going to doesn't matter. From where you're coming doesn't matter. What matters is, can you see where it is that you are right now without anything, 
without anything attached to it. Yeah, and the way I've heard that is you can only see as far as your headlights let you. And I think it was, who's one of those LA mystery writers, um, contemporary? Um, uh, the guy who wrote the... Uh, his name starts with an E. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, it'll, I was going to say it'll come to me, but it won't. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was say Eric Dolphy, but he's a jazz pianist. That's a different, different, uh -huh. different thing. Uh -huh. And you, you know what? I want to... I, I also I, don't want to say Rogers Hornsby, but he's a baseball player. <laughs> there's no E in that name, except in the, between the jizz and the Anyway, um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so what did he say? As far as the headlights? You can only see as far as your headlights let you. Mm -hmm. He was talking about writing, but mm -hmm. same thing with life. You know, mm -hmm. you, yeah, you don't... And I hear this all the time, too. Like, well, I want to do this, but I don't know how. Well... And of course you don't know how. Right. How could you possibly know how? Right. If you knew how, that would mean you've done it before. Right. But we're talking about something you've never done before. We're talking about something that nobody's ever done before. Right. So how is the sparkly breadcrumbs? How is the invitation? Right. You know, I just want you to reframe the question to be, oh, I don't know how. Huh. How? How Wait, would listen, a person? I don't know how isn't a question. It's a statement. Right. What are you going to do with that? Exactly. And here's another, when I say what are you going to do with that, it's like, I don't know how. I don't know how. Yay. Yay. It could be yay. Right. I don't know how. And also. <laughs> I don't know how and I'm scared to death. Great. Double yay. yay. Double yay. Now you're really uh, Double something. yay. Double yay. That's double yay. Sounds like a name from someone, like one of the, the fifth musketeers. <laughs> double yay. What's your double yay? Exactly. He's, way, he's down there. Like, should the other two musketeers <laughs> cash it in? He's he's on deck, dude. Yeah. Uh, double yay be on deck. But it's, there is, there is, there are no guidelines because you haven't happened yet. Exactly. There is no what you're doing, what you it's, are doing, and what I'm doing, and what Rachel Hamilton's doing, and what... Um, Joe Bill and Susan Messing and all these lovely people are doing. And, and Keegan, for that matter. And Keegan, what okay. they're doing is getting paid to be themselves, and they stop questioning whoever it is that hired them. Amen. You know what I'm, right? Yeah. Because you don't ask God why you're here or whatever entity you're dealing with. You just go, I'm here. It doesn't, I guess if you want, you go, why am I here? Okay, let's take a moment to go, why am I here? This is what I, in, 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 when I was 14, I would go to, I went to um, Hebrew, uh, Hebrew school on Sundays, and it was really great. It's reform, and it was really cool, and it's basically just philosophy. And a guy comes in, and he writes this on the board, and I will never forget it. He wrote on the board this, why are you here? And he wrote, I'm not talking about in this room. And then he erased it, and we went on to something else. We never talked about it. It has stuck with me forever. Here's the thing about that question. It's out there, and I don't need to answer it. Yeah, I mean... How can I? How could you? And, and you sort of go, well, why not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here because I'm not somewhere else. I'm... I'm right? I, I, what are my options? Well, I'm here also. I, and, and, and for me, I get to say, well, why am I here now? Why am I here today? Why am I here in this moment? Why am I here in this sentence? Why am I here in this chair? Yeah. Well, why am I here? What is, what is that about? It's also... Why are you here? Why are we here together? And then to celebrate that presentness. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I can't. I find it hard to get interested in that question. Um, it's exciting to me because I, it, because it doesn't it, it it doesn't matter. He just put it up on the board. Yeah, it's just. About. I, that, I mean, I think that's exactly the thing. They're like acknowledge that there is a question. We don't know why we're here, and then erase it and go on and move on. Right. Because you know, again, what are the options? You know, you can opt out. P people do. Right. Um, I don't know. I get that, but. You know, for right, for right now, we're here. So, right. and apparently, this is what we're working with. 
<laughs> you know? Apparently, I love apparently because my, my catchphrase for 2014 is the sentence, you don't know that. And uh, it's a great sentence and it's infuriating to people where they say, yeah, you know, I say, what do you, what do you really love? It's like, uh, what, what do you really know? And they say, I know that my mom loves me. And I went, you don't know that. See, now this is so good because this is looping around to something else that's been on my mind because we were talking about um, earlier about the ego thing of like not wanting to claim your greatness, not willing to say I'm really good at this or I'm especially gifted at that or right. I'm this way or that way because it sounds egotistical or, you know, I think mostly I don't even think we're concerned about sounding egotistical. I think mostly we just don't want people to say, no, you're not. You know, I'm really generous. No, no, you're not. Right. You know, um, so we don't want to be made a fool of in that way. But so here's my this is in the book. Actually, it's, it's one of my favorite. It's, this is this works for everything. It's a one second solution that always works. How about that? Here we go. Here we go. Um, so you take your worst nightmare criticism, like the thing that if somebody said it to you, you would be genuinely wounded and consider quitting the business. Like, so, you know, oh, my God, David, your work is so da-da-da-da. Right. Like, whatever your da-da-da-da is. I mean, for me, let's see. Oh, Sam, your work is so... Like, what's the word that means trite and pedantic at the same time? Trite. Like, just say Yeah, trite. just trite. Your work is so trite. Like, yeah, that would really hurt my feelings. That would hurt my feelings. Um, and then also the compliments, because sometimes the compliments are harder to take, right? Uh, they're the same to right? me. Same thing. So what's the one that you would, that if somebody said it to you, it would be really hard to take? Like, you might be pleased, but it would be Right. Well, for you, it would be, you're yeah. so profound. Right. You're so profound. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Right. I'm just putting those trite and profound things right. together. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, so now, rather than letting the fear of those words drive the car, letting our fear of those words drive our behavior. Just go, my work is so trite. I am so trite. Sometimes. You add the word sometimes. <laughs> I am so trite sometimes. Right. Oh, I am trite sometimes. Right. I'm super trite sometimes. Right, right, you know, right, your work right. is so dull. My work is so dull sometimes. sometimes. Right. Right. Your work is right. so derivative. My work is so derivative sometimes. sometimes. Right. In fact, right. I've deliberately stolen from some of the smartest people I could find. Right. It's on purpose derivative. Right. <laughs> like, you know. And I guarantee you that they also stole from some of the people that they know. There's no trademark sometimes. on wisdom. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. You know, there's no, and then your work is inspirational. Sometimes. sometimes. See, so that's it right sometimes. there. And I just, I was so pleased. I was talking to someone the other day. He said she was having a, uh, uh, talking to her husband, they were having a little Mr. and Mrs. And he said, in a moment of heatedness, he said, you are so sensitive. And she said, sometimes. Right? <laughs> it's the end of war, right? Right. You know, right. <laughs> you never listen. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes I never listen. Sometimes I'm I never sorry. listen. I'm sorry. I tried. I was. I thought I was listening, and clearly I wasn't. I'll do better, you and, know? And here's the thing, that if you say I wasn't listening, and I go, sometimes I, if you say you never listen, and I go, you're right. Then I proved you wrong because I just listened. <laughs> I won the war. <laughs> exactly. No, it's a Byron Katie thing, right? The first act of war is defense. Right. Right. So you know, like your work is so this way or that way. Sometimes. Yep. Take it in. Take it in. Take it in. And it's also the idea of uh, because that sentence, the sentence, you don't know that, at least stops you in that moment and says. I guess I, I don't totally know that, or I don't know that sometimes, yeah. or I do know that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's, 
you know, you know that there's this thing, you know, you've probably heard this where people say like, oh, you know, when you publish a book, you get this sort of expert status and, you know, oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. like really elevate your profile and all this stuff. And I heard that. I was like, okay, I guess, sure. Oh, my God. It's like I started walking around in a doctor's coat. I mean, people who've known me forever are like, I, I, I wasn't sure if it was okay to call you. I'm like, <laughs> why would it not be okay to call me? <laughs> like, <laughs> what parallel universe did we just walk into where all of a sudden I don't answer my phone anymore? We were walking together and then you went away. <laughs> I think I'm still the That's same. really interesting because I've heard that too, particularly when, well, when you get hired to do something, um, you get, do you have a book? It's like, no, no, I don't have a book. It's like, well, put a book together. And then you're right. The, the fact that you, Sam, wrote a book, it's like, oh my God, you wrote a book. You're an expert. And here's the thing. You wrote a book. I know people who wrote a book, and I bet you do too, where you read that book and you go, this is not good. <laughs> yes. I just had that experience recently. I and I'm too. mad. I'm mad at that person. I am too. I wonder if it's the same person. I actor? No. Okay. No. Because for uh, me, it's an actor friend of mine uh, who wrote a book, uh-huh. and I read the actor's book, and I thought, I cannot fucking finish this book. Yeah. I cannot finish your book. Yeah. And luckily, I don't see this actor that much. That's good. But this actor wrote this book. And it's nobody in this city, so don't try to fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's anybody. not you. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. just because you wrote a book doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. But here's the thing. You wrote the book. I did. So, but it's led, and I've had to do a uh-huh. lot of, you know, we're talking at the beginning about all this internal work, you know, um, it, it's been a great joy to me when I realized that my business is an art project. Mm-hmm, it's the right. best, most interesting Your life art, project. Is an art project. My life is an art project. Right. It's the best, most interesting art project I've ever had. Uh-huh. Um, and that my business and my art is also my spiritual discipline. Right. Like it's not just a reflection of who I am, not just a reflection of my faith journey. It is my faith journey. Totally get right. That. So the only and I've had to do a lot of work in the last year and a half mm-hmm. around visibility. What's that mean? Around being willing to put on the rock star coat Got and it. have people say, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bennett. And, right. oh, you know, like, because, you know, like many of us, I was not exactly a member of the Happy Childhood Club. And one of the special powers I developed as an unhappy child was the ability to disappear. It's so interesting you say that because I know you and I've known you for a long time. And I know your relationship. I know I know your upbringing. And here's a weird thing, Sam. I never saw you as being a sad person. Excellent. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank You've you. You've done a good job. But, but I, uh, you know, for me, I think when, because I, <laughs> there are people, okay, so I, so somebody comes into my head. We talked about somebody today mm-hmm. where that person, you know, that you, you were listening to podcasts with this person and that person comes into my head and there's an immediate feeling that is associated with that person. Mm. It's not a fact. It's mm-hmm. not that this person is a male or a female mm-hmm. or they are this age or they've done that or this. It's the emotional impact that I get. It's the emotional aroma that I get. It's mm-hmm. the warm fuzzy or it's the cold sweater that I get. Cold sweater. Um, cold sweats maybe that I get. But when I think about you, it does not surprise me at all what you've done with this art project called Sam Bennett. Mm. Because all those things that you that really, because I'm shocked as hell. What's that? <laughs> really, because I'm shocked as hell. Well, but you know what? You, you talk about your pain, mm-hmm. and and when I think about your pain, I this is interesting. Because excuse me, I just mm-hmm. when you talk about your pain, this is what I think about. Oh yeah, Sam was in a car accident. 
Oh, yeah. That's the pain that I think about. I think about the physical pain. I don't associate it because you you and your sister were in that car accident. Maybe we were. And that's the pain. Isn't that interesting? I don't think about whatever mental anguish it was that you were doing because you were in process in that while even back then, your emotional your emotional. Uh, challenge and your emotional journey, mm -hmm. you were you were really associating well with that. Does that make sense? I, you know, yeah. I was I was working really hard on it. I wish, um, you know, again, we talked about you can't fuck up your life and you can't do it you can't do it wrong and you can't do it differently. Um, you know, there's no other version of my life other than this one that's actually happened. Um, but if I were to have a magic wand, I would love to go back in time and give myself antidepressants a lot sooner. I was suffering from such severe untreated depression. Um, and I have atypical depression, which is actually very typical. And one of the ways that shows up is that when I am with other people, I can make it work. Interesting. It's not the kind of depression like, oh, I'm so blue and I want to stay in bed all day. Right. It's... It, it's it's only when I'm alone that the that the monsters really come, right? That the monsters came. That there's a hundred percent cloud cover, right? There was a hundred percent cloud cover. <laughs> that yeah. Um, so <clears throat> for so long, and you know, I think everyone's twenties are really hard, really hard. <laughs> I think it's a very sometimes. Sometimes I think it's a very challenging time of life. Mm -hmm. um, and. You know, we were lucky that, you know, we, again, like I said, most people just have to live through that. We get to work our shit out on stage and make stories out of it and turn it into something. Um, and be welcomed by those people that are around us, because that's the big thing right there. For sure. And we were all a bunch of broken little bunnies, you know, mm -hmm. just trying to, you know. Right. At Second City. At Second City. Is that the first time the phrase came out? I think so. In this sentence, in this conversation? Uh, yes, Isn't yes. that interesting? We went this long and people might have been wondering how we know each other. That's right. <laughs> yes, we, we, we met in the antediluvian days exactly. at the Second City. Right, uh, right. 1985, 86, something Probably, like that. probably 85, 86, so mm -hmm. over eight years ago. Um, <laughs> yes, over eight years ago. <laughs> call back. So... Uh, uh, but uh, but yes, that's an interesting thing. Atypical depression is typical depression. And I also think that if you're going to look at that, if I'm going to look at that and go, which one of the depressions would I want to have? <laughs> that would be the one that I'd want to have because it, it says, okay, great. While I'm out with people, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. And when I'm home, I'm that. Yeah. So all that I have to do <laughs> is that's deal like, with the home part because I got that other part done. And that's why God made vodka. So, <laughs> do you drink anymore? I do. Oh, good. Yes, Vodka's great enthusiasm. Really good. Mostly wine. You know, I'm mostly right. a wine girl now. That's what happened to me too. Yeah. I went to wine. Yeah. I went to wine because I love booze. I love booze. Oh, but... You know what I said yesterday? I love booze. <laughs> <laughs> I said that yesterday. I do. I love and, booze. And, and I said it to the bartender that I was talking to. I said that to the bartender, and then I went out with my friend uh, Jen Winters, and we go out every uh, after my class. We'll, we'll go out. And we'll have a drink, and I'll say, I love booze. And the bartender will go, good. Yeah. Keep loving booze. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 that idea. And um, I love people who love booze. And I also, you know, I like people who don't like booze, but it's a yeah. different experience. And I, you know, and I, and I, I, I love a lot of people whose love of booze, you know, took over their personality, and they had to right. make changes around that. So, oh, man. And we know, you know a lot of those people. A lot of those people. I was having – who was I talking to? I was talking to Haggerty, uh, Mike Haggerty, who was sitting in that chair yeah. uh, not too long ago. Love and him. I love him, too. And we are talking about how many people we know that are gone. 
and gone from that and how there are fewer people that are that we know that are gone goning from that than in the past and i gotta say this is because i saw you at jay's thing yeah jay leggett's thing the memorial yeah um yeah i don't think i'll ever get over that i don't think i'll ever get over jay um yeah. I just, it's so unreal to me that he's not here. Um, it is, it's its that, it's that feeling of, oh, you know what I, I heard the other day, um, gosh, what's her name? She was, she and Jimmy Fallon did a, a, a lip sync off. Did you see it? <laughs> no. And she did, uh, what's the name of that group with Popper, the big guy, John Popper. That group, Blues Traveler. She did oh. the Blues Traveler song. There's a, in a book, can sing, where, he, where she just, she just, she was lip syncing all that whole <laughs> list. And I, and I thought the last person that I know that could do that from not lip syncing was Jay. Was Jay. Because he was so full of life. He was so present in that moment. And his demons were so deep and ingrained. He was one of the only people I've ever known who, especially in LA, but anywhere, where once he was talking to you, he never once looked around the room to see if there was somebody more interesting. Right. He was his ability to be present and to see you, to see the person that you were, right. and to really to listen and to talk and to engage was just like it was a beautiful model. And you held up, you know, Gelman's book that he wrote with Mary Scruggs, with Mary right. Seward. And she's gone too, which is like I can't even wrap my head around that either. Right. And it's really sort of the secret motivation of the Organized Artist Company and the secret motivation behind what I do is only you can do your work and we're not here forever. We do not have an unlimited amount of time to do our work and we do not know when, what day, you know, like Warren Zevon said, my ride's here. You know, we don't know what Who's day, Warren Zevon, yeah. <laughs> my ride's here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, how much, how long we have to do our work. Mary did her work. You know, she wrote her plays. She wrote her books. She taught her students. Was there more? Of course. You know, but Jay did his work. He was out in the world doing his work all the time. Fred Kaz, what were they saying? Fred left three albums more of material. Right. He did his work. Mm-hmm. And I think, and so I get a little crazy watching people sit on their work or not do their work or tie their own hands around their work because I'm like, Guys, we've got like a minute. A minute. Please stop stopping yourself. Great. Let's stop there. Uh Thank you so much. That was awesome. Today's episode was sponsored by Italian-based blues band Veronica and the Red Wine Serenaders. Winner of the 2013 European Blues Challenge. For more information on their new album, The Mexican Dress, you can go to their website at www.redwineserenaders.it. And now the summer is going away, like your daddy is going for good. I never felt so dark on down the wanna is my word and mind. I have a simple cue for my soul. Free my mind, my heart, and I know my dancing shoes are red and shine. I wanna boogie all over tonight, and I'm gonna dance this blues away. Like the breeze, you're gonna let me sway. Hold my hips, grip me tight. We'll live our dream, and I'm in summer night. I'm gonna wear that Mexican dress. Put
put some flowers in my hair. Silver rings, red lipstick, there'll be a party downtown tonight. There'll be a party downtown tonight. There'll be a party Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley.